Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. Episode 69 of the podcast. <laughs> We've got two games and a band for you this episode, of course. But before we get into that, we're going to bust through our social media internet presence. The longer the name gets, the better it is section. Uh, you can follow us, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord. All these places are the you know the normal internet stuff where you keep track of your your favorite people and places and things and artists and podcasters, whatever you want to call it. That's just how you interact with us and see how things are going on the podcast. You can write into those things when we when we announce our games properly like we didn't like we did not for this episode. Uh, we have all that stuff there of course. We have a, a Patreon, like every, like every every podcaster I think probably has one to some extent. That's just so you can give a little financial aid to your favorite podcasters and stuff like helps them pay for uh, equipment or art like we do sometimes uh, people do websites I don't I didn't bother doing a website I just didn't see the point in a website but that's what patreons for you just give back a little bit to the people's stuff that you like it's really what it's for they have a Spotify playlist that I'll be adding to this week with with the band I'm gonna play that Spotify playlist you can just find it by searching our podcast name on Actually, it might just be Two Smoking Controllers Podcast playlist on Spotify. And when that comes up, you could see all the all the different bands and songs that I've played on the podcast all compiled into one place. While you're hearing this right now, there is a little music bed playing. If you'd like to hear you on our podcast doing a music bed or anything like that, you could submit music uh, to us and I'll see if I like it. If I do, I'll, I'll play here for you and give you a shout out. You can do that by uh, each emailing me at uh, the number two smoking controllers at gmail.com. We'd like to have, uh, there's got to be some musicians out there or people just want to make, that just make music and want to hear it played on a podcast. We'll, we can do that for you. We have the uh, lock, stock, and two smoking controllers store. It says, it says all kinds of just merchandise with our, with our logo slapped all over it all kinds of good stuff there we always say we're still waiting for somebody to buy that pair of underwear and model it for us we want that and don't want that at the same time it could be awful a little cross promotion we do do another podcast I, I mostly produce and speak lightly but uh Blake and our buddy Jeff uh co-host oops Steve sorry wrong, wrong brother we know, we know a lot of brothers Blake and our buddy Steve see Jeff's been on the podcast we've had, we've had his brother on this podcast Steve, co-host uh, Action, the movie podcast, where they take turns feeding each other movies to watch back and forth. It's been a, a really good time. A bit of a hiatus right now while Steve moves house, because we, we ironically moved house, and then I'm like, a, we got like what, one episode in, and then now Steve moved house, so it's uh, 
podcast will be coming back sooner than later, but it gives you time to catch up on all the old episodes and stuff. Uh, Blake has a published story on the Amazon Kindle. You can find it by searching They Come This Night. It pops up right away. Uh, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you already have it. It's just in your library somewhere. If you don't, it's only a dollar. Uh, so we appreciate any kind of support you give us through that. Uh, on the bottom here, I'm going to do do our, our Twitch channel because we've been doing something new with our Twitch channel. We've been having a lot of fun with it so far. We're calling it uh, Three Smoky Controllers Co-op Endeavors. We've been starting doing uh, co-op games with our cousin Brian. And each time we stream, we stream from one of our different uh, POVs. We just, we start with Brian, and the next night's me, the next night's Blaze. Each night, each night you watch this, you're seeing from a different, different perspective. Hoping that kind of shakes things up a bit. We each, we each have uh, varying ability at video, at video games. We're all kind of around the same level, but we are playing through Dark Souls 3 right now, and it's Brian's first time even playing through a Dark Souls game. So it's very, pretty interesting and funny and. Just an all-around, well, I'll say all-around good time. We've had a, we had a night full of invaders, which was less than entertaining. And we have a couple of uh, network issues, which is always kind of commonplace with the the Soul series, especially when you're trying to do three people in the same game. Um, you can find that on our regular Twitch channel. That's just uh, two smoking controllers on Twitch. You can find that, and follow us there, and come join us in there, and come chit chat and talk about games with us while we're trying not to die in Dark Souls Three. Uh, links to all these things everything that I've said here all has links to uh, in the show notes so if you don't feel like looking us up or typing our name our long name into anywhere you look, like listen or follow things just click on our little link section right here and right here in the app where you're listening to us and click on those and give us a follow and a like and a, well not a like I guess like me likes the wrong thing but just follow us and keep track of what we're doing and join in on the conversation here sometime we talk about interesting games I feel like we, we, try to, we stick to more obscure games more often more often than not I think that's I think I, I think I covered everything I hope I did I believe so I might have missed something who knows there's a lot of things to cover in there for some reason uh, with that said I want to pass the reins over to Blake as he's going to tell you a little bit about the company for the first game that we're going to talk about tonight so the first game we'll be talking about is called Omno came out it's nah I think it's not even a year old yet came out July 29th 2021 and it came out on uh, everything it's available it's available on everything but switch and he's working on the port for that now so you say he's a lovely one developer it is a single developer that's getting more common these uh, days. Jonas Mank his studio is called studio inky fox and it is based out of Germany. And this is his debut game. So, kind of, it was, um... That explains some, a, a solo developer kind of explains some of my issues with this game. Yeah. So, he's had 
This is his first doing everything. His primary thing is a, a 3D animator. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, his uh, job was he was freelance animation in other smaller games where he was just kind of like, you know, it, it was literally just additional support was his title. Um, he did get a lot of his work in mostly German CGI or 3D animated children's movies. Hmm. Uh, all, they were all German, as far as I could tell. He obviously didn't know any of them. Mm-mm. Which is still, you know, it's still pretty cool. He got, you know, animation for character animation, and you know, he got, you know, he got his footing. Um, his major animation when it comes to gaming wise uh, the uh, first one, the actually the only one besides this as far as I could tell besides additional support where he had a, a title was uh, in State of Decay 1 and 2 hmm. he was it just he was an um, animation coordinator, something like that so you know, that's pretty good and then he did every, it was, it's a big jump to just be animator to being, to do everything well, okay, everything except for for music, which seems to be kind of popular. Not everyone can do everything. Yeah, you gotta outsource music a lot of the time. Yeah. So his musician is a gentleman named uh, Benedict Nichols, and he uh, is an award-winning uh, indie music developer. Some of his uh, let's see, some of his credits go to the Falconer. Which I think's on Game Pass or was on it Game was Pass. Was on Game Pass. I don't know if we we didn't play it. I don't know if it left yet though. And then there is Before They Leave, Dead Frontier Two, and his newest game, which I think might be one of the biggest ones he's worked on, is called Dread Hunger, and that might already be out or it's yeah. coming out soon. It just, his date said 2022, and I saw some people had uh. Like, ooh, I'm playing through it again, so I'm not sure if it's only only on Steam right now or whatever, because I couldn't... It just said... I haven't haven't heard of it. I watched a trailer for it. It looked kind of cool. It was... um, It's a period piece, like, uh, I guess, colonial times, maybe, or the early 1800s. And it's some folk going, taking a boat through the Antarctic and all the trials and tribulations that happened there. Apparently, you take control of one of eight people and I think you can pick which character you you play as and then you just try to survive you fend off wolves uh, madness and your own cannibalism hmm. it seemed okay. it, it seemed kind of cool yeah and um, that's kind of it on them because like I said it was just really one for person for music and another for the entire game <laughs> mm-hmm. the game itself what do you call that? It's like this is a 3D platformer. Well, I'm, I'm I was gonna say like graphically, I'd call that like fantastical minimalism. Yeah, <clears throat> the characters, the character, he's kind of minimalist. Uh, Even some yeah. of the creatures are like they're a fantastical shape, but then they're just kind of like real smooth. And... Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, what's that Souls like we played? Uh, Ashen. Ashen. Kind of looked like Ashen a little bit. I thought it kind of looked a little, little bit like a little bit like Ashen. I think Ashen was a little more detailed, but yeah. 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 Well, it's when I say detailed, it's detailed and darker. While this was brighter and more, fin- instead of like paying a lot of attention to detail, he's like, "Who here's a bunch of these weird creatures? Let me just vibrantly color them and make them stand out, and put them in weird shapes." And yeah, a bunch of strange creatures. Because like, yeah, you're collecting 
information on these creatures. There's like what, 50 of them or something. It's like 41. 41 creatures as you're playing it through. We said it was a, a third-person action adventure. Uh, I'm going to say action. Uh, it's more of an adventure puzzler. Yeah. 100% adventure puzzler. There's no, there's no combat or anything. No, you have like a strike button for certain things, but that's not it's just like know. bonking on them to get little little magic orbs out of them. Yeah, just bonk on the creatures, and this magic stuff comes out, which I thought was a, a tad tedious because you had to gather a lot of that to activate those obelisks. I, f- I felt that that was a little needless, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Or cut the amount you need in half to ex- kind of expedite how long it takes. True, 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 true. So this is a. A non-verbal story. Yes. And well, there's there's words. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not verbal. You're reading. You're, you're reading the words. Like hieroglyphics. Your guy doesn't talk. The hieroglyphics. The hieroglyphics put like a English. You get English subtitles across the bottom of the screen when you're reading these little hieroglyphics. And it seemed like, as far as I got, you know, good a time as any to say I did not complete this game for uh, some reasons I'll talk about soon. But uh. Um, was it was it the dude recounting his own journey, like your character? Well, from what I could tell, it's the first people who made the journey, okay. And that you're on a world that can't support uh, that. I guess you can't support human life anymore, which is strange concerning how many creatures there were. There should be some source of something of food and sustenance. There's creatures everywhere. But from what I could tell, uh. You are the, you're one of the last, if not the last, uh, beings on the planet, humanoids anyway, and you're just a pilgrimage to make it to the gate to go to a new world, to leave. Yes. Is there any? There's no. You know. You, I guess you read all the obelisks. I, I read everything, and it was really about the journey. I couldn't. It's like, ooh, the light bringers opened the gate to bring forth the you know the new world, so that we can all go beyond the stars and be somewhere new but more and more just lower than anything what about what about your particular yeah. character and I, I, playing through the world nothing I, nothing none of the none of the animals were trying to kill you there wasn't like poisonous miasma it midly parts of the world looked like it was falling apart yeah but, but it didn't but it didn't seem gen, like generally it wasn't very dangerous place to be yeah because you look at um a game we've talked about before right? haven like it was a shat, literally a shattered planet that was still sustaining life and water, and those people didn't want to leave. But these folk do. I'm, you know, I'm not You're entirely sure. Comparing two two different sets of lore. Yeah, but I mean, just like it's, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whatever. By humbug. The place. If everybody's running away and there's no humans alive, the place should look more desolate. Maybe. You, I would think. Well, I didn't come across any civilization, so that might be a thing. Very rarely, all the civilization I saw was decrepit. And crumbling, so that may be why civilization fell. But man, or you know, because humans are horrible, and yeah, Earth always takes it back. Yeah, I didn't see anything like that. Um, I ended up quitting this because of um, really excessively bad platforming, and I have a very low tolerance for that. I don't even like platforming in general when it comes to video games, and I hate it even more when it's really bad platforming. Now, this makes more sense knowing it's a single developer. He probably didn't have time to play test every single jump, or maybe this is exactly how he wanted the game to play. I'm not sure, but the jumping is so floaty and unresponsive in the way the dude uh, occasionally decides to grab a ledge and occasionally decides not to grab a ledge, and then the control you have when you're in the air and knowing where you're going to land. A lot of factors here lead to some really 
really bad platforming. Blake says it gets better after the section that I quit. Like it's nowhere near as difficult after the section that I ended up quitting, but I just don't see myself uh, going back to this in the time frame that I have because this game leaves. This is a Game Pass game. We're not a Game Pass podcast, but this game leaves Game Pass in like a week, and I've got other stuff that I'm playing that's I'm, it's more important to me than this, so I just don't see myself going back to it to try again. I was, in, a, in the amount of frustration I had just attempting some of these r- ridiculous uh, jumping sequences, I had one jump sequence that I tried 25 or 30 times, and I was like, this is the end of my, this is the end of my playthrough right here. And I got past that one. That's a jump sequence that really took Blake, uh, like you said, three or four tries probably. Yeah, it didn't take me long. Yeah, that was that t- trying to jump. You have this dash, you had to jump dash and jump dash. And the timing never seemed to be the same timing you need every time. And sometimes he would land on top of the platform. Sometimes he would grab onto the side of it. Sometimes he would grab the side and then let go. And then one time, uh, miraculously, he, I jumped and dashed, and he dashed completely over the platform one time. Because uh, the dash isn't that long. How did he do that? I don't know. It was very inconsistent. Uh, it drove me mad, and I uh, didn't want to play it no more, so I quit and installed it because I really just don't play games to get mad at them. And and that and then this game was supposed to be uh, simple and fun, and it was it was really just driving me crazy. So I kind of don't regret uh, regret turning it off, but. I hate not getting a 1K and something that's supposedly easy and only a couple hours long. Because I managed to... I beat the game in four and a half hours and got the 1K. Yeah. So you sh- you could be able to do it, but I can understand being annoyed because I got annoyed at it a few times because it's not great, but the reason it does get easier mm-hmm. is because each... Because the game's broken up into roughly about five chapters. Each chapter has two sections except for the the final one which has three and they increase but they're much smaller than the other ones mm-hmm. so that's kind of how they get justified it i guess but as the each chapter you get into you gain a new traversal ability and uh, your first one was the jumping well jumping in general as you kind of get that from the get-go but you're Next ability you get get is the 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 air dash the ground dash which was they're like oh let's use it a whole bunch because it's the only thing you have and admittedly it was hands down the most annoying part in the game now I had some other ones that did require me to do the jump dashing stuff but it was nowhere near as um, time specific or like area specific like that stoop that weird pu- that was, that's the, it's the only time I ever encountered that puzzle too. Yeah, that was- where the pillars were lifting up. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just not a good puzzle, or like something like, po- like late game, not right as you get an ability. Yeah, I don't think it would have mattered because of how yeah. it was set up. <laughs> I managed to get through it, but I it was annoying because you get you get the jump, of course, you get dash, and then you get a a surf, which kind of you let you f- fly around the area and pick up speed to really get jumps, which made them not too terribly difficult. And then you get a, a floating aspect where you jump up and you hold your staff up and it lets you glide to areas and catch, um, what do you call them, updrafts, up jet streams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was a teleportation, which as long as you could see the icon, you just hit it and you warp there. There was no chance of missing that. Okay. The only problem is sometimes 
um, which happened to me, which was probably one of the most annoying things was the end of chapter four leading into chapter five. I almost gave up because I couldn't figure this out and I ended up watching a video. It's like, oh, I'm looking at the wrong. Actually, I realized I was doing the puzzle completely wrong, which was fucking fantastic to find out that I had spent 30 minutes doing a puzzle wrong because it had me um, hit a switch and then I had to teleport and run through these four rings. I never saw the first teleport and first ring because it appeared, it appeared, it it was just weird timing. It appears instantly and I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at where I thought the first one was and it was just, it was user error and then watched the video and I managed to get it on my second try once I figured out what to actually do. Mm. But (laughs) it, it didn't annoy me, but the game the game's pretty. The music was good. Like, and it's it's got great reviews. A lot of people really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I did look at reviews. It's got some pretty high reviews. Matter of fact, it's got what is it? Nine out of ten on Steam, seventy six on Metacritic, and a seven out of ten on Nintendo Life. Like, it's gotten really well. It's really high for this game. That's I think it was okay. Yeah, well, I think it's just so simple and simplistic and easy. And it doesn't make a game good though. I think what's happening is a lot of people are, which I can understand why a lot of people are drawing comparisons to Journey. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's anything like Journey. I think Journey is easier. It had way less platforming. Mm-hmm. But actually, not really. There's a lot of platforming in Journey, but I don't know. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, just they're just drawing comparisons to that and other like, quote-unquote, walking simulators. But... I don't know. I don't be mean, but I don't really find anything special about the one we think special about the way it looked or the way it played or the little bits of story. And I don't really find anything too special about this game, not to warrant ratings like that. No, but I mean, if, if a game is what it is and it, it is what it is the best of its ability, if that makes any sense, it, <laughs> Like, it wasn't trying to do anything new. It was trying to just be a fun little thing. I don't know people are putting more. Also, it might be getting higher because people really want to support any developers and stuff a lot nowadays. And they're trying to, you know, plus you're like, oh, you, you, one dude did this. One guy. That's kind of cool, too. Yeah. I think it's cool, but it keeps on happening. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps happening. Um, so it's getting more and more common now to become less and less interesting that enough people fight, figure out they can develop a game all on their own. I don't know how long the uh, <clears throat> the cycle was, but I do know uh, I, the game was kickstarted. Hmm. Um, it had about thirty four hundred backers, which is quite a bit, raising a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and some of the some of the tiers were like, oh, you got like, exclu- you know, exclusive content to your person where you could, uh, you got a different skins for your character. You could then customize your character. You helped, um, you helped uh, create some of the monsters in game. And at one point, there is a uh, a lot of these Kickstarter indie games have that where there's a wall of mentions where you clicked on it and you're like, oh, thank you for all the ones who came before. And it was a little list of like people's gamer tags and stuff, you know, just one of the. Is in the last chapter before you take on the last challenge, Mm -hmm. and you could 
skip it entirely, but because it's just this big monument out in the distance that. Yeah, if anybody's this is not sort of related. If anybody ends up buying the game, Sea of Stars, me and Blake gave we gave to the Kickstarter under the podcast name to Sea of Stars, and somewhere in Sea of Stars is a is a monolith with a with our name on it somewhere in that game. And that the one that we customized with the warrior and the mage. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We'll find it somewhere in the game, yeah. I'll take a picture of it. I'll be super excited about that. Yeah, we're somewhere in that. It's cool. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot to say about this. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I play get, it all the way through. Do you have more, more to say or a favorite, or I don't a favorite wanna, part? My favorite part was like the ending. I thought it was kind of like, kind of funny. We go with this. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might play it, though. But I, I thought the ending was pretty entertaining. And throughout the whole game, you have a little uh, animal companion, this green little cat with a horn that flies around. I think it's a cat. I don't know. It's real round. And you can interact with it and pet it. Hmm. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even get to that. I didn't even get to that thing. Yeah, it's, like I said, I beat the whole game in four and a half hours. And you go through a couple of different biomes. You go through like a jungle, a swamp, a forest, a desert, a winter wonderland, and, you know... And varying stages of each, because like I said, each chapter has two sections, and you're kind of transitioning from one biome to another, and that's that journey, and so on and so forth. But I guess I don't really have a lot more to add than uh, if you like supporting the indie developers. Wow. Yeah, this game is um, $18.99 normally. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. That's a lot for that game. I feel like we always say these shorter games. I mean, ten dollars, ten dollars or less seems to be more of the range. This game will go on sale at some point. It's on Game Pass until the end of the month. I mean, <clears throat> by the time you hear this podcast, you'll have actually. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll be it'll be off probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't. If I didn't beat it, so of course I wouldn't pay anything for it. If this comes back around on Game Pass, I don't know. Maybe Blake can convince me to give it another try. I don't know. I hate leaving a incomplete easy game on on my little gamer tag stuff, but uh, sometimes you just gotta let let a game go. But maybe maybe if it comes back to Game Pass, I'll you have give to it another en- shot. I'm not. I'm never gonna buy this game. You have to endure those scars. Yeah, the scars. That's what they call, we, they call them. In a, Achievement hunting community. It's a scar on your on your profile if you don't get through it. Well, I guess that's it for that game. I didn't I didn't find anything to truly love about it, but uh, which is fair. A lot of other people seem to be really into it. We can move on to the second game of our podcast, uh, a much more famous game. People have dedicated whole whole podcast to this game. I'm not. It's a game I played a long time ago and a game I played again recently and a game that's kind of uh, burned me for coming back to it, which I'll get into uh, as soon as you talk about it. But this is a, a relatively famous game that has a, 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 a incoming sequel at some point. The, the, our, the second game we'll be talking about today is called Oxenfree.
Oxenfree is developed. Uh, Oxenfree originally came out January 15th, 2016. It has since been released on everything. Um, it is developed by Night School Studios. Uh, they came into existence June 6th, 2014. They've been around, what was that, eight years, I think? If that math is right. And they have made four games at, at the time of I did my research. I think they're working on a fifth game now, which is the sequel to this. They have a pretty cool little history that I'll get into here in just a second. So the game, the first game is Oxenfree, was their debut game. And then they went on to make some an iOS game called Mr. Robot, which was a text-based adventure similar to that of... Not similar, it was almost... It was a... I think, how do I explain this? Alright, so... Mr. Robot was... Uh, their Mr. Robot game was published by Telltale, who had reached out to them to make a side-along game because they were going to do a version of Mr. Robot, but then that company... The TV show? Yeah. But then their company fell apart. Yeah. And so they they completed this and was like, well, we're going to put it out mm-hmm. because we're not wasting time and money. And that's kind of what happened with that. And then after that, they went on to do After Party. And then they did another iOS mobile phone called Next Stop Nowhere. Which I don't know anything about that, really. It mm-hmm. seems to just be... Well, it's a mobile game. I didn't really... It seems strange to go from a console game to down to the mobile games. Maybe they just got to get their funding back, I guess. I'm not entirely... Free was really successful, though. Yeah, maybe they're just trying something new. Cause I don't know anything about Next Stop. Mm-hmm. And then later this year, it says 2022, is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Yes. And... I don't have a date for that. I couldn't find one, so... I don't think it's dated yet. I'm, I'm sure it'd be November, right before so, Christmas or something. Um, <clears throat> with the announcement of Lost Signals, I know real quick that they uh, recently, a few months ago, they did a... I wish I had beat the game all the way beforehand, but they had patched Oxenfree 1 with supposedly some more hints into Oxenfree 2, mm-hmm. which I never saw any. I, don't, I think I didn't get far enough because uh, Oxygen Free has three endings, and I, I had had two of the endings. Now I was about to I was about to do the third ending for the podcast, and whatever they patched in screwed my game up, and my game locks up now. Have you tried again lately? I've been waiting to watch for another patch to come through, but as of right now, I tried multiple times, and my game locks up. I even restarted, ran to the same section again, and my game locks up in the same place. So now I don't have the third. So I don't have the 1K in this for a game that I've played. Now, I think it's 15 hours, which cause it's because what happened is I originally played the game when it came out and got the, first, the, the regular being nice ending. There's a nice ending, a mean ending, and then a, like a like a neutral ending. Uh, it's not. It should be pretty fast because the endings, the endings go quicker and quicker as you run through. But it had been so long since I played, and Blake had finally played it for the first time. And for the podcast, I decided I needed to replay through the regular ending again. So I replayed through the, through the nice ending again, and then I played through the mean ending. And now I was doing my neutral ending, and they patched the game and screwed my game up. <laughs> That's just, now, I've played a, now I've played a game. Almost four times. Almost four times. I'm not, I'm not getting the 1K because they patched in some stuff that I didn't even see. And now I can't get my final ending to get the 1K for a game that I started five or six years ago. 
That sucks butt. Yeah, you got all of you got it all done before we had you kind of did it somewhat back to back a little bit. Yeah, and then got it all done before that before they was even a weird a weird patch that breaks stuff. Yeah, I I, I did this at least like a year or so ago too. I did it a while ago. Been a while. It's been that long already. Because we were living at the old apartment. At the apartment, yeah. Hmm. Been a while. Uh, did you see in your notes that I'm pretty sure Night School Studio was uh, recently acquired by Netflix? Well, actually, there's. Uh, I was going to get into that once we kind of talked about it a little bit because th- there's a whole thing with Night School Studio being acquired and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Try right, a, a little tangent there of why I don't why I don't have all the endings. It was it was tied to the sequel. You mentioned the sequel, so I mentioned things. Yeah, I think it kept things in sequence. <laughs> it says that they you know they co-developed a text a text adventure mode for the Mister Robot game. For iOS with Telltale, but then that whole shenanigan happened. Because they were actually both, it's funny, both these guys... Okay. Because the two founders for Nat School Studios is a gentleman named Sean Crankle and his cousin Adam Hines. Now, Sean actually worked for Telltale, and Sean worked for Disney Interactive Studios. Mm-hmm. And then Telltale shut down and all that stuff, and he created this... As a side project, and then that whole shenanigan happened, and then but Oxenfree started getting a lot of, I guess, play. Like it, it, somehow it got a lot of attention, and then, uh, like, literally right after the first trailer came out. Well, didn't this didn't this didn't Oxenfree come out pretty close to Stranger Things? Yes, yes, it did, and it has the Stranger Things vibe to it. I think that helped it a little bit. They come out pretty close to Stranger Things, like season one. And everybody's kind of like it's kind of like a Stranger Things game, a little, a little bit. Because it literally came out um, within the same year, mm-hmm. at the same time that Telltale was talking about acquiring the rights to Stranger Things, and then they fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's literally what happened. But it came out and had such a kind of, I guess, a big like, oh, that was a pretty good splash ripple. That a week after it came out. Skybound Entertainment had announced that they were going to partner with Night School Studios. Mm-hmm. And Skybound is, for those who don't know who Skybound, that's uh, Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. It's his like entertainment division that's attached to Image Comics, but he runs Skybound. He yeah. has a lot of say in everything. If you know who Robert Kirkman is, he's the creator of The Walking Dead. And Invincible. <laughs> One of the biggest, <laughs> biggest TV shows in history now. Um he created the comic book, and then recently Amazon did the uh, Invincible Invincible TV show, which I don't think is that good. But he's the creator of the Invincible comic as well. Skybound is a company. Because you have all that going on, and then you had them working with Telltale, and then Telltale falling apart, and then just recently, like Drew like Drew said earlier, just recently and. September 2021, so not even a full year ago yet. Uh, Netflix acquired them. Yeah, but said, strange thing, a, a company like Netflix acquiring a a game developer. But there have been rumors of Netflix doing a gaming side of their of their company. Well, not only that is um, part of the uh, the acquisition was they were going to make a live action uh, either sh- miniseries Oxenfree. or movie for Oxenfree. Yes, depending on, and but they were allowed to. They're like, hey, we don't want to affect anything. Y'all do you. We just kind of want to own y'all. 
It's a weird way to put it. Yeah, because they said they literally they they bought them in the middle of them making because they they even talked about it. they went through with it and uh, Netflix didn't bother them at all. They're just like, hey, um, for Oxenfree two or for the other the other game you haven't mentioned yet. What other game? Night School did After Party. I did mention After Party, didn't I? Did you? I don't think you did yet. We ain't got there yet. Uh, well, I, I thought did, I did. Cause you, might, I, you might have, and I just missed it. But they, they did After Party. They, they did After Party after they did the Mr. Robot, and then did that weird iOS game, and mm. then this. Because Netflix's intention is to do... Again, I, they don't. They just say uh, they just say a live action version, whether it's a movie or a TV show, it hasn't been decided yet. Mm-hmm. But they want to do Oxenfree as well as After Party because After Party got some praise as well. Not as much yeah. as Oxenfree, but yeah. it did get praise. We, even, we we got After After Party on uh, Games with Gold, I think. So we kind of own After Party. We just haven't played it yet. And then the, we have Oxenfree too. And if that's remotely successful, which I'm sure it should be. It should be. Will it be? You can never... How the industry works. People could just not care at all. And so if everything goes according, then Netflix has at least three film deals. Possibly. If they can get out of the rut they're in. Yeah, they're having their own situation, but we'll see how that goes. Their Resident Evil just came out to uh, vitriol, basically. Oh, yeah. I I saw like half of a trailer and it looked really bad. And then people were saying it's like... Worse than bad. Well, like you, I couldn't believe how bad how how you put something out so bad. It's oh, okay. okay. Small side tangent, and then we'll get back into the game. But the thing that I, one of the funnier things I saw was one of those. It's it's, it's a meme, and it's like that someone's like stroking the wall and crying. It's like I've judged you too harshly, little one, and it says um it said, post uh Netflix's uh, Resident Evil, and it was a wall of the, of the. The Mila Jovovich uh, Resident Evil goes like, "Oh, I judged you too harshly, dear one," and then it looks behind him and it's like just fire and burning of the uh, the new ones. Yeah, so I don't know. It's bad. I mean, it's weird how successful the Resident Evil franchise games are. Like they keep doing better and better. Like Village is like high selling and everything's great. And there's remakes and new patches and new games and it's doing so great. That's one side of this franchise. And the other side is they they put out this awful movie that everybody hated. We haven't watched it yet. The Return to Raccoon. What's it called? Return to Raccoon City. That live action movie they put out that everybody hates. But that had nothing to do with Netflix. That no, was... that, no, that's separate. That's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's ironic. I'm saying it's, it's funny because they there's a whole, a whole different, separate from Netflix was the whole movie that came out like last year. Yeah. Or earlier this year. I don't remember when it came out. I think it was last. We didn't go see it, but yeah. uh, it was panned. And then right off, right off, right off those coattails, you're like, okay, well, if that movie sucks. Surely Netflix is going to make a good, a good TV show that respects the source material and blah blah blah. And then like, nope, not at all. Like, didn't even play the video games, people. Like, it's just like so weird that the games could be doing so well, and all other media attached to that could just be doing so so bad. Well, because when you think about like the games and stuff, it's strictly a. Uh... This isn't the Resident Evil podcast, but <laughs> when you think about it, like the whole like those games are just like they're puzzle and walking around a lot of times by yourself very slowly. Yeah, you know, and so they're trying to like, oh, let's bump up the action and like they just change the whole thing because mm-hmm. it's not a an atmospheric slow burn. It's a we got to go to keep people's attention because you can't. It's hard to make a slow burn. I guess I'm surprised they haven't tried to just do like. Do the uh, 
do Biohazard or do just do Village while the games are hot. But you know the movie industry and TV shows they always they're always so behind on what's on what's happening. They never have their finger on the pulse. Yeah. Anyway, not the Resident Evil podcast, but all related to Netflix and other various gaming things that we know are happening and are kind of funny. So let's get back, back as, to night school. <laughs> you know, they have their whole history ending with they just got bought by Netflix mm-hmm. well, less than a year ago, and they're about to put out Oxenfree 2. And so, fingers crossed, you will see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to dive into the game now Oxenfree. Yeah, Oxenfree is sort of a. I mean, you, you, you have control of your character, but it is kind of more of a. Point and click kind of thing, but but you but graphic you graphic adventure. I guess maybe a graphic adventure because you, you, you're, you, you're not pointing and clicking, but you are walking from here. Click like with a, a Xbox is a button. You just walk over to this item, interact with this item, or interact with this person, and you have a dialogue trees, kind of like every game that has dialogue trees. You have one of the core mechanics, which is the your the radio frequency dial. Yeah, the frequency thing, which is used uh, all throughout a lot of the game, and I think is where they added in some of the stuff from that patch that broke think, the game is in the radio. I think because if you like, because you if you find the signal, but if you go outside the range, I think it's like it, you pick up outside signals that are yeah, beaming or, in extra information, or lost signals as it would yeah. be for Oxen Free Two. This game has been praised a lot for uh, its writing and the and the voice cast. I think it's. They're yeah. pretty good. Um, something I don't like about the way the game flows is the, it kind of contradicts itself. You can, because when somebody's talking and your choices pop up, if you make one of your choices, you literally interrupt the person talking. So you cannot hear the rest of what they're going to say. But if you listen to what they say, then your choices fade away and you can't make your proper choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I don't understand... So to me, when I play the whole game, it's a constant barrage of me interrupting everybody. And I was like, this is annoying. Like I can't hear what everybody has to say all the way through because you're constantly interrupting people if you want to, if you want to make your choices. And if you're doing a certain playthrough, trying to be nice and mice or mean, then you've got to be making uh, all your choices the right, at the right time to make sure the right, make, uh, make sure the right events happen in the way you need them to happen. The third playthrough is a is a no like it's a it's a weird neutral no talking playthrough, and the people somewhat address that you're not that you're not saying anything, but it doesn't really seem to matter that you're not saying anything. I'm not sure how much impact your character actually has on what's going on, since the game can play through entirely without you really saying anything. Yeah, because the one of the the dialogue thing that people both praise and like showed disdain for I don't know maybe maybe disdain is too strong a word but they wanted to have realistic conversations people interrupt people during conversations and it felt more real but it also not f- constantly yeah I know but, but not constantly not- <laughs> <laughs> but see because people do that oh, I'm sorry you, you finished but there's none of that there's just a bunch of bulldozing teen personalities that just kind of would talk over one another yeah because what it is is I guess it's I don't think it's your senior year. I think your characters are like 16 or something. Yeah. And you're you're following your core group of these teens, which are Alex, Ren, Jonas, Clarissa, and Nona. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then Alex's now stepbrother Michael. No, no. Her stepbrother is Jonas, and then there's some flashbacks with her brother, her actual brother Michael. Yeah, who died. Which yeah. And you're just kind of like going on a high school hijinks. It's supposed to be this huge party that happens every year on this fictional island called Edwards Island. Mm -hmm. And then no one shows up but you guys. And it's super weird and kind of super strange. You guys walking around and exploring parts of the island and and then... Uh, it what really kicks it off is is the radio thing, and you get to the cave with the radio, and you start talking to this mysterious thing that only seems to talk through. Um, you've probably seen it in horror movies where something like talks to a radio, but like only uses the radio recording. So the, the different words or different voices as it tries to put together what it's trying to say. It's kind of it's actually actually kind of neat and kind of creepy. This game does have moments that are like. At least on the first playthrough, it has moments that can be genuinely creepy, even for a game that doesn't have, uh, like realistic graphics, like to pull off scares. Like it actually manages to be creepy, which I think is kind of entertain entertaining. Uh, but it kind of I've, after your first playthrough, you've kind of seen it, so it's kind of as you play through again to do the other endings, you're not really creeped out anymore. You've already kind of seen it happen. Uh, we really say what the game. We always forget kind of say what the game kind of looks like. I think it has more of a like a, like a Tim Burton kind of, Tim Burton kind of, or Tim Burton Psychonauts kind of look to it. I I would say Psychonauts over Tim Burton. More Psychonauts. Definitely like a more Psychonauts uh, meets Leica. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Except, but instead of they were claymation, they're two D. Yeah, you you do you do more or less only move on a on a. It's like a 2D plane, but you can kind of move into the background. You can move back and forth. Like, wait, wait, when you're climbing the mountains, whatever, you can kind mm-hmm. of walk into the background and you kind of just move across the back and you come back forward again. But you are only moving, everything's, everything's only on a, on a 2D plane. You got 2D characters. But yeah, I think that mix of Psychonauts and, and Leica. I mean, we've mentioned Leica on the podcast before, but uh, you look up Leica as a movie company. They did uh, Paranorman. Uh, Coraline, Box Trolls, stuff like that. They they generally have kind of a look to their movies. And this kind of looks like that. It'd be really cool to see them do an oxen free movie. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what it looks like, and it kind of and for something like that kind of graphics to kind of pull off scares is kind of done in the voice acting and some other artistic things that are done and moments that are done that kind of make it generally kind of creepy. Sometimes I'd be interested to see how this if they can pull off the. The, this vibe in, in a in a in a live action movie way. Because as we get into the cave, it's it's a known thing that everyone in this town, I guess this is kind of like the uh, the folklore for the area. There's this cave that if you go in there with a a radio and you toggle the frequencies, and there what do you call them? Cairns, the pile of rocks, and they're, yeah. they're called cairns. Yeah, I don't know if they say that in the game. We've seen that. No, we saw that in the guide. The guide calls them. That's what they are. That's what they are. I don't know if the game mentions it, but in the guide he calls them C A I R N. Yeah, they're cairns. Cairns. It's just a pile of rock. Like usually, it's like, like a burial pile of rocks. Burial pile of rocks. Yeah, it has it has a name, but yeah, there's these three piles of rocks outside the cave. Yeah. <laughs> and so each one of those, as you go to it, you start at the mouth of the cave and you slowly go further in. And then each cairn, where you know you hit a particular signal, and it's like wow, it makes these weird noises, and you hear 
possibly hear voices from beyond. And then as she goes further in, showing off uh, to her new stepbro Jonas, and he's like, you guys are a bunch of weirdos, but... Um, well, he runs off to the cave first. Oh, yeah. That is true. It's been a minute since I played. <laughs> and basically, he sees something. He thinks he sees the his the spirit or ghost of his dead mom. And that's kind of what pulls him in. And then you go into it after the signals have been all weird and they have get super weird because they've never gotten this blatant to where it like distinctly said words and like eerie green light came out of the yeah. mouth of the cave. And that's where in the green light is where Jonas thinks he sees his mother's silhouette. Something like that. I don't know if he sees a silhouette or he hears words he thinks is her. There's a music thing for later that he plays music. The thing plays music, and it's a song that she. Oh, it's was, like, yeah, I think it's her, 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 the singing of the song from when he was like a baby yeah. or something. So, I'm gonna play by play this, but this is kind of where the game kind of kicks off and things get weird. This is where everybody gets separated. Like you're in this cave, and then like there's like this flash, and then some weird flashes of scenes, and then y'all appear someplace completely different. You and Jonas do. Uh, what's your name? Her name's Alex. Alex and Jonas appear somebody else, and then everybody else is all splittered. So the, what proceeds to the rest of the game is, uh, well, this part of the game is going and gathering up your other your other your friends, allies. figuring out where your friends ended up, and you're coming across other strange events and different things. And you start this is where you start seeing the time loops. Time loops are very important. This whole game is about a time loop. Spoilers. We should have said spoilers. We talk about this game. Yeah, probably. Everybody should have played Oxen Free by now. Um. The whole game is about time loops, kind of even to the point to where you, when you do another playthrough, like things, things change. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you get to some in, uh, really cool, like it seems like only Alex can perceive the time loops for for a little bit until later in the game they kind of get kind of get a handle on it. Oh yeah, they kind of uh, she handles it really well. When she realizes she's just like stuck in the like mystic time loops like she just well, she doesn't really seem to freak out i mean i guess you get kind of a, a bit of control over her dialogue but she seems to generally just kind of i don't know i feel like sometimes in video games people don't don't react to things i mean i know it's a video game people just don't don't react to things the way they should like when we talked about last stop when everybody just kind of like accepts there's aliens nobody 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 yeah. freaks out <clears throat> yeah it's so strange but in this she just kind of like rolls like, oh man i'm in a time loop this sucks and then you go to the, you move on to the next one. She's like, "Oh, I'm in another time loop. This sucks." Yeah, and then she kind of just rolls with the with the weird events. Well, what can she do? Well, they also don't freak out when they're in the cave, and then they appear on the other side of the island when they both wake up on the other side of the island. They're all like, "Oh, this is weird." They're like, what cool. happened? Yeah, and then you go to the central of the island, and then you try to gather gather the allies. It is strange. Like, I would be, I would freak out. <laughs> I think normal people would freak out. I just don't think maybe. People freaking out isn't good for writing or something. Maybe it's not good to have you got to have like a, a strong character to help problem to, solve and stuff. If everybody reacted normally like they should, this whole game would be everybody just standing around freaking out or killing one another because mankind's freaking out and killing one another. You're, yeah, so you're trying to gather the friends up and move on. Like, I don't want to go too much into this because of you could. I've heard a whole other podcast about oxen free, and if uh, you could talk about it kind of forever in, in, a, in a way. But you do experience uh, a pretty cool uh, thing that's, I guess it's kind of cool and kind of, I don't get really how interesting it technically is. This is the 
the reflection thing that happens throughout the game multiple times. You, people, I people, think it's like people, three or four times. People, I think it's three times. People talk about the reflection thing like it's like a the coolest thing ever. I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird, loose online element. It's where a you're super passive online Very experience. passive online thing where you're, the person you're talking to in the mirror is just another on, another player. I don't think they're even actively online. Cause, no, they're not because uh, I saw it in mine because uh, it'll put their name, their gamer tag above their head, I think, in some, in some sequences. And uh, I had you, and I knew you weren't on, actively online playing. I think you were just a recent player on my friends list. I think that's what it does. It's just whoever the most recent person on your friends list to have played the game made the decision. Yeah, so because I had so you're kind of talking. I'm just talking to a person, and it, really, what you're doing when, you, when you're playing it, when you're playing it, you're just really just two people saying random stuff to each other. <laughs> I mean, is 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 the is the is the end result? Like yeah. I would have a like you would. I would talk to the reflection and whatever whatever choices you pick, I just kind of responded to the choices you picked. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, what it's doing is uh, at those key moments, it's try- you're, you're you're trying to offer advice, though you're trying to be vague. One's like, "Be nice to Jonas," or like I think one of them because uh, your choices were like, "Tell Michael to leave," or like, yeah, you had it, it, they're vague that don't make any sense yeah. unless you've played the game. So what it is is because of the time loop aspect. You're just your other person, your other players, like you or me or whatever, or just other other Alexes at different points in the time loop. So it's a it's a it's a, it's just a kind of interesting. Uh, reference i guess to the aspect of the time loop of the game and that's how they present it it's like kind of it's it's a sneaky kind of subtle way to put other people into the game but you don't have to really it's not important that they're in there it doesn't really mean anything it's just adding layers to the layers upon layers to things for the for the, for the looping aspect yes <laughs> sorry i'm doing a bit of research for the oxen free too not really still yeah. Um, yeah. So these are getting you are finding your friends, and your friends end up are getting possessed. The possessed scenes are kind of are kind of creepy. They are pretty creepy. Yeah, they're possessed by the uh, spirit thingy robbers of the island, which you kind of learn. You learn bits and pieces about them by reading. Is it reading things or like radio things around? It's the a island? bit of everything. Yeah, you kind of get a bunch of uh, just various points of information to kind of explain. Uh, and the it, ghost things do talk to you and kind of tell you who they are a little bit. Because uh, the the Edwards Island is an old, it's a it's a tourist trap. You find out real early on that it's also an ex military base or it was a navy base rather, and so you have all these kind of little abandoned areas you're not supposed to go to, and then you have just tidbits around the island for it being its tourist trap, and it's like oh, if you click this. Oh, welcome to Edward Island. This used to be the home of the whatever, whatever Navy base back and so whatever, but then it was decommissioned and now it's the home of these, you know, it's just kind of like you get all this, what you think is useless information. But then as you progress through, you realize how, are you like, oh, that's a lie. But then you find, like, you find the truth and you realize that's a lie, but that in- information is actually incredibly important. Mm-hmm. But it's slightly, you know, it's a tinge shade of, of a lie. You know, because why would the military be honest with us and all that stuff? Because you know, it's whatever. We won't spoil where the uh, where it goes to, where the ghosts are coming from, and why they're there. But I don't know. I, 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 I playing hate... it when I played it originally, I was kind of kind of impressed by it. But then, like also when I played it originally, I had no interest in going back to the other two endings, so I never did it back in the day. So we 
I come back to it and I kind of knew the, the, uh, I knew kind of knew the whole game and kind of what it's about. So I played it a second time and a third time. I wasn't as impressed by the whole experience and, and found like the kind of the dialogue stuff to be annoying and, and stuff like that. And just the kind of, I don't know, I just wasn't as impressed by the overall experience. I wonder if this game was bigger at its time. Like I, that's why we, we talk about will, will Oxen Free 2 be, has much of an impact as the first one. It's kind of like been there, done that. I feel like a little bit, unless they do something really weird with Oxen Free 2, I just don't see it popping off as much all i know they still don't have a date for it yeah but all i know is it takes place five years after and a different character in a different town okay because it um slight spoilers it almost it almost can't take place with with the original cast because because of how this game ends and how even when you replay this game you're kind of just starting a new loop so i feel like uh i I say that spoiling it but you're somewhat trapped on the island anyway so i feel like oxen free 2 would have to be a whole different cast of characters yeah because one of the uh all the frequencies and one of the key things in the game is in fact it's music and sound design Mm -hmm. and it's good like it's good and jarring very atmosphere is key for the whole for okay. the whole game, I will say some of the cues and like uh, don't play this game if you're epileptic. <laughs> There's some yeah. jarring uh, flashing we, lights, flashing and... lights, and uh, droning sub. I don't know, just I don't know. I don't know how to even describe the noise. The, the droning is it's just super, like below everything. It gets gradually louder, 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 and it's just some of the experience can be very jarring. Mm-hmm. Which also leads to like this is really cool. Like you know, you get your you get Turtle Beach on your headphones on. You're playing through the game. It's really cool. But I kind of briefly wanted I brought it up because I wanted to talk about their um, composer briefly. Yeah, a gentleman named uh, Andrew Rohrman, R O H R M A N N, who is uh, a DJ uh, named uh, Scientific Scientific American. But was forced to change his name to little. It's still scientific, but it's spelt S C N T F C, and so he mostly does dance music, EDM, hip hop, trip hop, and space rock and stuff like that. But he's worked on a couple of games since uh, 2001 to now. He's kind of just poked in and done some things, as well as his own albums. He was responsible for oddly enough one of his earliest things in 2000 because he, he did music in 2001 2002 and then helped some other albums but then in 2011 his first big i can't even think of the word his first big breakthrough i guess is the uh xbox 360 startup noise he's the creator of that the sound design and software for the 360 system software <laughs> and the startup noise He's responsible for that. That's awesome. I guess somebody, somebody had to write it. <laughs> he created that. And then he's been in a couple of like other games from there. Mostly, what is it? The Zombies of Mass Destruction. Peggle. <laughs> the Peggle games. He does the game for those. As well as the this Gallic. Gallic Z. Like the old 17-bit, like, uh, what do you call it? Twin, is it a twin-stick shooter? 
You're talking about you're the spaceship and you have to like shoot the stuff. It's like a, it's an old game. You have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Met asteroids. Kind of, but it's called Gallic Z, and they've been around. Anyway, it's I think it's like a spoof on those old games. Anyway, whatever. I feel stupid. But um, for Night School Studios, he's done the music for all their games. This, all of them. And one game, actually, we actually did uh, on the podcast that you felt was uh, not good at all was The Old Man's Journey. He did the music for that. Old Man's Journey just locks up. Well, lo- old Man's Journey is known for one thing, and that's when you turn it on, it asks for a ridiculous amount of access to your account, which it's, it's got talked about for that. And then when you play it, it's almost interesting, but the game lock the game locks up on Xbox. Like I couldn't get I couldn't get past it, so I never bothered uh, going back to it. I feel like that's a game I bought too, maybe at some point really cheap or super cheap, yeah. And then after I bought it, I found out about it. Like it's weird. It's like there's like a handful of games that when you turn them on, it's like. Can I have access to your social security number, firstborn, and bank account number? It's not like that, but it's like it's like a weird page of like log into this to get to this. It's like very, very weird. And some people say, oh, it's just it trying to because there's a mobile version and it's just trying to like connect to the crossplay. And I was like, nah, how about you just opt out and let me just play this game? But you can't play the game if you don't opt into that thing. So I, I don't know. It was very strange and a very annoying experience. And then it, once I get, went through all the mess of just getting it to work, it just and the game ended up locking up anyway. Yeah. So he wrote the, he wrote the, he wrote the, he wrote the music for that. Yeah. <laughs> which, I don't, yeah. which I don't remember at all. No, but he's trying to think of some other stuff that he's done. Mostly, he did, did a lot of com- done a lot of commercials for like MTV, Volkswagen, AMC, Nike. Yeah, busy guy. Yeah. So all over the place doing whatever he needs to get done, I guess. But, because the the whole point of this game is its story and its environment, and I don't want to spoil it. And the loop. So what we can say with with mild mild spoiler loop is that when you continue, when you go back into the game and you beat it the first time, and your 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 title screen will say continue timeline, and you hit continue and you go back into the game, and then you start experiencing additional dialogue things or certain things you've done throughout your first playthrough that kick back at you. Like there's a, there's like a couple of times when Alex talks into a radio or talks into like a radio, like a, what do you call that? Intercom. It's just a radio thing. Walkie talkie. Yeah. But it projects it out onto the radio signal. So there's a parts throughout the game. It doesn't really early in the game to let you know things are weird is that you're, when you first get your rate, when you get your radio in the beginning of the game, you're scrolling through channels and you come across a channel where it's Alex talking. So that's because the timeline's overlapping and she, you can address it. A little, you can address it, but nobody else seems to care. It's like that weird thing. I, I wish it mattered. I wish it mattered more, but it's just like, you're, you're supposed you're supposed to be like, Oh, it's so weird that I can hear myself. Like for as a player, you're supposed to be like enjoying the fact that you can hear things you said before, but the rest of the game doesn't address it. None of your other characters address it. Only Alex is, is, is aware but also, when you're playing through a second time, it doesn't it doesn't matter that you're re-experiencing things. You learn there's new parts of the dialogue, and there's new parts of the story, and then the, the entities will, will say new things and have extended conversations and know who Alex is on your second playthrough. All that stuff is pretty cool, but it has no effect on the outcome of anything. Not really, no. Which is kind of kind of kind of kind of sucks. I wish it was like a uh, a thing where like you were continuing. 
Like you beat the game and you could, you were continuing, but you weren't. But the game actually wasn't beat until a second or third playthrough. I wish like each time you played, it continued a storyline and you were learning. Like it, which 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 it kind of halfway does, but doesn't change any of the endings. I wish there was like a multiple playthrough thing where like the game's not. You know what I mean? Like you're not like it says continue timeline. You're not playing a new game. You're playing. You're continuing your game. Yeah. But from the beginning of the loop and experiencing, which it halfway does, but it doesn't lead to a final ending. Well, the only way that it does do, and you only gain access to it on your third playthrough. Oh great! So now I'm now now to sound dumb because there is an ending that I didn't get to. Yeah. Damn it. There, there isn't. It will because my game my game froze. God, I don't want to spoil. There's an ending that happens. That only happens on the third playthrough. They're only they can only happen on the third playthrough, but it still like it ends and it alters the timeline and it changes certain people's lives. But the end result is everyone still shows back up for different reasons, but on this night to continue the timeline, but as a different way. Hmm. Dang. Yeah, I don't want to spoil that for anyone because that that no, is kind of cool when that. If they happens. ever patch the game where I can, and I, I look, I googled for the people to people complaining. Nobody's really complaining about. It. They're ta- they're talking about when you Google oxen free freezing. It's from like 2016. Anyway, I'm gonna keep watching for an additional patch because I, I, I will play out the last part at some point. But anyway, uh, just so you know, you were right. The only thing that that added the update with transmissions in the radio frequencies. It's the only thing they added in. So I wonder if you can hear Riley, who's the main character for the sequel, if you would hear her talking or something. Possibly. Which is a cool idea. Because she says, it says she's just a, uh, what do you call it, a geological, no, environmental researcher. Hmm. So maybe she's investigating radio waves on wildlife or something like that. And it's, who knows? I don't know. No when it comes out. Um, At least I know when the second one comes out, to, if it's got multiple endings, to play them all before they patch it and break it. Yeah. Um, um, I I was able to get the 1K for this, mm-hmm. uh, three playthroughs, in 15 and a half hours. Great. I'm at 15 hours, So that's your, that's, but you only did you did three only playthroughs. So I did an original playthrough, because the TA tracks all this. I did my whole original playthrough a whole... What's five years later? Did the original playthrough again, and a whole second run through. The second run through is much faster, and the oh, third yeah. one's even faster. Or faster because you can just you can skip collectibles and stuff like that. So I've been fifteen hours, still needing to do. I mean, what, what did I finish say? your final playthrough. I'm at 15, 15, I mean, I was exactly fifteen hours. And I still need to wrap up my third playthrough. And every 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 like once a month, I keep trying. And once every couple of weeks, I'll try to load my game, and my game loads into a it loads into a lock. Like it, like you, you know, it won't load the next. It's where you ride the uh, the, gon- the, the little, gondola. The little gondola, the like when you ride the gondola over Sky Tram, whatever. You ride the gondola, and it won't load the next map. So you just go off screen, or you hit the thing, and the screen so is it goes off, black. So, so it goes off. The gondola rides off, and it goes to the next map. And you have the the noise the noise of the gondola rolling in, but it never rolls in. Hmm. Have you just have you just let it play I've, and I've like walked it. off and like cook dinner and come yeah. back and see maybe it's maybe it's really far away or something i've uh deleted and reinstalled the game i've deleted my save from my console and redid my cloud save i've uh because i only need the two two achievements aren't related to the timeline so i, I needed i needed i needed so i just i've uh started a whole new timeline just to do the third just to do the third sequence 
I've done everything I can, and it freezes in the exact same spot. I think they screwed the game up. Something they screwed something up in the code somewhere. That does suck, but yeah. that's awful, actually. I think it'll be addressed at some point because people will be going back when when Oxen Free Two gets a date. People will be going back to the first game and then running into a. Yeah, they ain't got much of the year left. <laughs> it's supposed to be this year. Twenty twenty two. Everything still says twenty twenty two. Yeah, but anyway, game is wow. Okay, that's not an on sale. This game is only ten dollars, like flat out. Dang. Like retails for ten. I wonder if it. I wonder if it, I wonder if it originally retailed higher, but it's just so old now that they. Because sometimes companies will just lower the overall they, retail of I, the game. Because I think because of how well it did, however long ago, they're like, hey, let's lower the price and see if more people will buy it, especially with a sequel coming out. Possibly. I guarantee um, that's what was happening. Yeah. And the game's interesting enough and cool enough. I think it's. I think it's worth every bit of ten dollars. Ten dollars, you get quite a few hours of gameplay out of it, and it's gets into. Sort of unique experience with the time loops and stuff like that. You want to experience uh, relatively good voice actors and see if you like the interrupting. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. Um, I did find a question or the answer to a question we were talking about earlier about whether it was going to be a film or a TV show. Uh, let's see here. Crank, uh, Crank, Sean Crankle, which is one of the co-founders, uh, said that the film had the film plans have fallen through due to uh, the complicated Hollywood studio system and uh, due to other things and and also having now been purchased by Netflix. So Netflix is... Uh, I think one of the things was they wanted to do a bunch of uh, no-names. They're like, you know, but that's not how Hollywood works. You gotta have a face. You gotta have these... The hot stars or whatever. So they're doing a Hollywood... So they had a Hollywood movie... They were working on a Hollywood movie before they were purchased by Netflix. Mm-hmm. So the Hollywood movie's falling through, but Netflix is going to try to do something anyway. Yeah, Netflix, because Netflix can do their own thing. Yeah. Bigger than Hollywood sometimes. And, but Netflix it took it on. I think they're going to... It says roughly the mm-hmm. same budget, but now it's a TV show. Yeah. So they're spread it across and make a... Probably a... I don't know, give me... Six eight episodes of a TV be, show that better, are like be a better show than a rushed movie. Yeah, give me you know, I'd say between six and eight episodes, anywhere from half hour to forty five minute a piece. Mm-hmm. I think eight forty five minute episodes kind of get kind of get it covered probably. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really have any more to add. And mm-hmm. I, are you ready to move? Uh... Yeah. The last thing I got, of course, is tell y'all about a band uh band i haven't listened to much recently because i'm getting to where i'm having to as i burn through bands that i listen to all the time i kind of dip into bands i don't listen to as much i've been scoping through a couple of things uh this band is called uh periphery they're a pretty well-known band actually probably one of the more well-known bands that i've talked about on here they're an american uh progressive metal band from washington dc they started back in 2005. Uh, progressive metal's a pretty common thing. They also part of the like the gent, which is D J E N T gent, or uh, otherwise called math metal. It's kind of really, um, how do you explain gent? It's kind of uh, they call it. It's like real, real technical. Um, uh, what do you call it? I'm 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 only knowing this because I'm looking at the exact definition right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, gent is an extreme musical subgenre characterized by its use of offbeat and complex rhythm patterns inspired by free jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
very complicated usually. Uh, probably more complicated than I give it credit. When I'm listening to it, I don't really think too heavily about what's what's happening to worry about it. But their uh, periphery is pretty big in the in the gent, gent world. Them and uh, what's the other band I can't think of off the top of my head? Uh, oh, Meshuga. That's the band. Meshuga, yeah. Yeah, so Meshuga. A, I can give you a couple of them. He said he's considered, so the guy, there's a guy here I'm, I'm looking at too, a guy from the guitar from Meshuga is considered the originator of the gent technique, which is kind of cool. Uh, other bands, obviously, uh, I know Animals as Leaders, I know and Tesseract are all bands that are all part of it. A couple other stuff. It keep it, it it goes on and on. It's a, it's a big it's a big old thing. It's a big old like you said a, a really uh kind of a niche subgenre of uh, rock and metal that you can kind of really dig your teeth into. Periphery's kind of out in the like the popularity wise, so like kind of in the forefront of it. Uh, that's a pretty cool band. Uh, I dug too deep into all their library, but there was a what I'm picking from is a strange uh. EP that's like right in the middle of their discography. It's like really like right in the middle of all their albums. Uh, EP called Clear. Um, they say I read, I read here. They say that Clear they wouldn't. It's called Clear EP, but they say it's it's a little long for an EP. The the album runs about thirty minutes, which is longer. He said longer than your average average EP and maybe shorter than an album. So they say so they they're they're kind of uh, don't exactly consider it considered an EP. But what Clear is is a uh, an album where each member of the band is given like they do the writing they uh, they write each of the uh, songs like each each song is like what do they call it like I should it says each band composed a track and covered the entirety of uh, the entirety of the role of creative director creative over director that. I see creative director over so that every, single track. every every single track they made like, every choice for their track for their track which is which is pretty cool I feel like uh, a concept that's what I couldn't think of. it's a concept album which I've never seen another band do an album like this where it's you know every every track is singly focused on a, on a particular person um I think it's just a really, a really cool album to find in the middle of uh, everything they were doing uh, I kind of enjoy their sound their singers not always my favorite they've been through two different singers i feel like maybe i like the second singer weirdly a little more than the original singer he's a little a little less screamy than their uh current guy if, if, if i'm thinking of the right the right one but uh i'm gonna keep this short because like we start talking about music like this in bands i end up talking in circles and then of course like you know if you listen to our podcast we were recording before lunch and uh, you probably can't hear it, but Blake's belly is eating itself. Uh, so uh, to wrap this up real quick, I'm going to play a song called Feed the Ground. And uh, this is the song that was creative directed by my, uh, Matt Halpert, which is the drummer for the band. So this is quote unquote his song. So there's I guess there's maybe he just wanted to really do some heavy, heavy drumming. Is what it is, but, there, but but everybody's you know there's lyrics, there's a whole there's a whole whole production for the whole song. And the song's called "Feed the Ground." I think I already said that. Maybe it's uh, some pretty pretty heavy stuff, and I like it quite a bit. It's got some pretty good uh, what do you call those the drop the drops where that where it kind of hit, I guess it just drop it, just, I hit, it yeah. just hits real hard on these on these certain parts of the song. I think it's a fun song. Uh, if you like the song, uh, look up the rest of the band. They have a whole smorgasbord of albums and a, a long uh, discography here to dig through. I mean, we're talking 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like eight albums right now. So you have a whole lot of periphery to listen to. Uh, also, I want to n- note two things from them uh, for uh, weird uh, weird shirts they've done. I have a periphery shirt that I bought because I couldn't pass up on it. It was a, a periphery shirt. There's two. One I bought, one I really want to buy. Uh, one that I have is uh, it's periphery. But it's done in the font of like Final Fantasy, so it's like it's Periphery Three. It's for the third album. It's Periphery Three, but it's done in like the Final Fantasy Three art and has like the little title art behind. It's them on the instruments and stuff, kind of blasted behind it. So it looks like a Final Fantasy shirt, but it's Periphery Three. It looks really cool. I really like that shirt. That, that is really awesome. And then they of course have their pretty. I think they're pretty popular. They post about them a lot. I see people post it. They're Periphery which is a, a kitten on the front of a shirt. It says Periphery for the band. They've been selling those on, on their concerts. I kind of wanted the Periphery, that Periphery shirt. It's just some silly silly stuff they do. I don't know. It's a it's a, a fun, interesting band. Somebody I need to dig in, I, I probably need to dig into more thoroughly, like really just like sit with each individual album a lot more, like on its own. Instead of, instead of shuffling everything together, I might just want to sit with a particular album uh, more than anything. So I might be... This might trigger me to do that a little bit because they got a lot of stuff to listen to. So, with that said, I'm going to do uh, what I've been meaning to do every podcast that I've been starting to recently is thank people who are, help help make parts of this podcast better, which, of course, is thanking Jared Jones from Emerge, Emerge for letting us have, or letting us use uh, Letting Go is our intro track for this podcast. It's... Uh, probably the best part of the podcast i understand if you listen to the intro and you're like all right i've heard what i wanted to hear and you dip out for the rest of the podcast i don't blame you because that intro to the podcast is so very good and so thank you jared for letting us letting us have that uh, number two of course is he's the face of the podcast whether he knows it or not is devious pixel is all art for our podcast and he's been doing art for our second podcast as well he's the face of everything his art's on our merchandise so we don't know whether he knows it or not but we want to thank him for being a, a big part of our podcast and kind of giving us a, a look for what we, we how we want things to kind of look you know it's kind of a cartoony look but we, we we're, we're silly cartoony dudes so i do love the art you know the arts arts very very good and with that oh and i'll again i'll sit on the end uh come to, come to come to twitch with us it's really cool uh, i think we uh we have, we have a, we're having a real good time uh playing games with Brian and then if you if you listen to the if you kind of watch a couple you're not gonna watch them all I guess I mean we like if you come to come watch us on Twitch but uh, at the end of uh completing uh, completing a game we're gonna start having um like three smoking controllers podcast episodes where we kind of talk about our experience with Brian of uh playing the game so if you had watched some of the it might be interesting to kind of watch some of the streams and then kind of at the end of completing the game you'll have a whole episode dedicated to that game with all three of us talking so be cool to come be come be a part of that be very interesting and fun uh that's all i got after blake uh, finishes you'll be hearing feed the ground from periphery i want to wish everybody a good evening and good night